Welcome to season two of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. You can find out more about me by going to retaildoc.com, where you'll find out I'm one of the foremost experts on brick and mortar retailing. Every week, I invite guests, vendors, and brick and mortar retailers to share their successes and their innovations to make the shopping experience fun. I believe we can change the world by those who are working in shopping and retail, so let's get to our first guest. Thanks for joining me on this podcast where today I speak to Chris Basolo, CEO of Need Supply, on the new luxury millennial customer he serves, their buying habits, and starting up a new retail business. Let's get going. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I have Chris Basola, uh, and he is from Need Supply. So, welcome, Chris. Thank you, Bob. So, what is Need Supply? And Need Supply is a premium uh, streetwear luxury retailer. Uh, we have two platforms: NeedSupply.com and Totokayo.com. Uh, we have brick and mortar stores in Richmond, New York, Seattle, and Japan. How come I never heard of you before? Am I not your target market? Um, Be honest. <laughs> we might have some shoes you like. So streetwear. So what is that for millennials? Is that is that what it is? It's yeah, luxury. Our, our target customer are, are, are the majority of our customers are, are millennial and Gen Z consumers. And like sneakers and pa- uh, backpacks and. Uh, no, it's um, it, it's a combination of it's it's a range from. Um, Stussy to Balenciaga, so or okay. Vans or Nike or Levi's or La Mer or okay. um, Rick Owens. So it's it's the gamut. So you guys curate what the the selection is. That what makes you different, or I'm mean, at a lot of those brands at Nordies and some other places too, right? So both of our platforms have a very unique point of view, uh, very curated. Um, what, an example: what, uh, what a customer once left a comment on Instagram that's one of my favorites. They said, Need Supply has, uh, I know they have hundreds of brands, uh, but when I go to the site, it feels like a mono brand experience. It feels like a brand wow. itself, right? Great. So, um, and that to me is what differentiates us from some of the bigger platforms you're talking about. And how long have you guys been around? 23 years. Wow. I and yeah. and uh, so you were merchant before, so how did you start out in uh, retail? Uh, my I, my degree was in corporate finance, and I went to be a trader on the Nasdaq stock oh desk, okay. and that lasted for two months. And so I quit and uh, did a few entrepreneurial things, and then I opened up a vintage Levi's store in Richmond, Virginia. Were uh, we in the eighties now or nineties? This was ninety six. Ninety six. Okay. Ninety six. And uh, three hundred pairs of jeans, fifteen hundred dollars on a credit card, and went from there. Wow. And, and the premise that the. the, the the premise was bringing things to the marketplace in, in, in Richmond specifically that weren't available to that okay. to the customer there, and okay. um, and we just kind of followed that model and continued to bring new products to Richmond, and then when we got online to bring new products to that that consumer and um, and uh, were you the buyer then? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But you're not exactly the youngest guy around. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not the buyer anymore. There was a point where. Uh, the, some of the more talented members of the team would look at me and say, why are you picking that? So I would 
realized it was time to step yeah. down and focus on other things. So. so how do you gain your new customers? Is it Instagram? Is that pretty much what your brand is? Is it, uh, are they? Uh, it's, it's a tradition, some traditional digital marketing. Uh, Instagram's a big channel for us. We're very um, uh, image driven. Both of our platforms are very image driven in the sense that we take beautiful pictures of the product that we sell. And I think uh, Instagram is a great platform for us in that regard. And then do you have like a buy this now kind of a message or is it just a picture and if you want it, the link is in the bio kind of thing? Uh, on, on, on Instagram, um, I mean, we create a lot of original, authentic content, including fashion editorial, but also stories about new artists and um, uh, things that are going on culturally. And so we'll push that out on Instagram and people will either click through to see the product or read an article okay. that we've put out there. That's um, so cool. It's our way of communicating a, a set of shared values with our, the customer that we that has followed us for a long time, yeah. and I think it builds trust with the customer, and um, uh, it shows um, you know that we we have shared values. So, what what was the biggest challenge you had um, founding your brand? Um, trying to figure out, I could trying to find a book that taught you how to do retail. <laughs> I have one, the Retail Docs Guide to Growing Your Business. Okay, but that's well, you didn't have thing. it then. I didn't have it then, so there you go. Bad on me. And I had no retail experience, uh, so... That's not that unusual. A lot of people do that. Yeah, well, that and was And they realize, part. like, oh, I should have known this. Worse would be people who decide to open a bed and breakfast, and only worse than that would be uh, restaurant people who have no experience, like... Yeah. Actually, then bar experience. I mean, all of those just like, oh, we'll open a bar, it'd be like, cheers. No, you're never getting home till three in the morning again. Yeah. And you're going to come home smelling like puke and stuff. Yeah, we don't have to go there. But retail, you were saying. Retail. So, uh, what was the, so that figuring out how to do retail was the, the hardest part. You had a background in finance, so you knew what your margins were. You knew what your conversion rate. You knew what your turns were, right? So you knew all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We we pretty early on brought on um, uh, a, a company called RMSA. I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with them. So retail merchandising service automation. So they helped us put together an open to buy plan. Literally, when we had 250 square feet, they wow, were doing eighty thousand dollars a year in sales. Um, we probably didn't need them at that point, but they really taught us discipline and, and open to buy yeah. processes and things like that. Turns, margin, GMROI, all that good stuff. Yeah, but that's so important because if you don't, that's your money sitting there, right? That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's our biggest expense. Tell me what. Um, what do you think a millennial uh, is looking for when they're going online? Um, you said it's your idea that you're a mono brand, that feeling of it, but they have so many more choices than they used to, right? You know, I was just actually reading uh, some comments or some notes from um, somebody who shops with us, and he talked about the fact that uh, he comes to our site to get inspiration to see what's going on, whether it's uh, n new collections that have dropped or just an event at the store, he may take some of those images and text them to a group text that he has with some friends of his to see what they think about this shoe or that shirt. Um, he's gonna peruse Instagram, not only our store, but other stores and put stuff in his cart and, uh, and then eventually pull the trigger. But there's a lot of community engagement and, and influence going on with friends and, and, and um, you know, people that he looks to for uh, guidance and that type of thing. It's not just a product on Instagram, it's that feeling that he's going there for something more than just the product, right? Because you get the product anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you can't get all, you can't not necessarily get all, our product everywhere, but uh, it's, uh, 
you know, they, I think this generation is, and I hate to say that, but our customer is buying, you know, the, the new luxury customer would buy something to um, sh- maybe kind of signal that they spent a lot of money, right? This right, is absolutely. a very expensive thing. The, the, this consumer buys things to signal that they have some cultural knowledge. They're aware, they know why this particular piece is important. They know why this designer is influential. They know that it maybe is limited and only available on a certain thing. So it's a way to signal and show that they're culturally literate. And then it's a way to have the story around it, right? Yeah. So now you've got the story just like the picture around it. I like that. So tell me, um, what's one thing good about retail? Uh, My favorite part of retail is that it never is the same. It changes. It used to change. I used to say change every season. Now I think it changes every week. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, no, I appreciate that. It's it's a lot of disruption going on. It's a lot of people trying to figure it out. Yeah. But a lot of people like you don't have to be a Macy's or a big box. You can just play in this smaller place and just do a better job and just attract that smaller following and be quite happy with it, right? Yeah, and that small following, uh, the, the luxury market is going to be $500 billion by 2025, and 40% of that will be millennials. So um, it's not that small of a niche. Yeah, except the return half of the stuff. Pretty big opportunity. See, that's what's so interesting to me is retail now, you have so many places a a young woman can rent the shoes, the dress, the jewels, all the jewelry, and then like Cinderella goes away the next day. And yet, so we're hearing that they don't want to buy stuff, they really want to rent, but you're not seeing that because they're really buying it from you. On a rental service. No, they're buying it from us. I mean, there is a big resale market. They're, you know, Stadium Goods, which was just acquired by Farfetch, right, um, right. and um, a couple other versions of that. So they're buying things. They're, then they're using the, the reasoning that, hey, this bag is going to maintain its value or go up over the next two years so I can use it and then trade it in. Like artwork or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, Amazing. So, uh, it, it, yeah. There's a lot going on in our space. That's right. Well, good. Well, thanks for being my guest today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Cheers. That brings us to the close of another episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm Bob Fibbs, your host, known as The Retail Doctor, based in the United States. Tune in next week when we have another set of movers, shakers, influencers, vendors, and -and brick-and-mortar retailers, all there to make you a smarter retailer.